What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect podcast, presented by Winjet Inc. and Winjet Radio Network. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. Really excited and blessed to have you here for the first time. The outcome that we're after in each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as I cross paths with to inspire and help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How I go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our featured guest for this week is an award-winning real estate agent, investor, speaker, CEO of Dream Nation, podcaster, my friend, Casanova Brooks. One of the things that jumps out to me every time I have a conversation with Casanova, he has an uncanny and natural ability to be able to connect with someone on a very deep level. That comes from the cultivation of silence and cultivation of self-discovery and investigation for you to be a little bit more in tune with your own emotions, other people's emotions being empathetic, and reading, engaging the situation of what other people need from you and what they're really trying to communicate. So wherever you are in the world right now when you're consuming this content, make sure you're putting it on pause and grabbing a pen and piece of paper because you're going to really want to jot down some notes today. Stand by for a quick message before we bring on today's guest and let's kick it up a couple notches and have some fun. See you on the other side. Hi there, this is Wes Bays, co-founder of Winject Media Network and Winject Inc. Before we continue the show, I want to ask you a question. How would you like to gain access to behind-the-scenes footage, weekly live training with Chris and myself, as well as exclusive access to impactful segments of our shows that you can't get anywhere else? If that's you, here's what you need to do. Like and follow our Winject Facebook page, and on that page, you'll see a button on the right-hand corner with the title, Join Our Private Group. Click on that button and you'll be given instructions on how to do just that. Now, don't miss out on an opportunity to gain access to what people are calling the best content to grow and scale your life and business. Now, without further ado, let's get back to our show. What is up, everybody? I'm sitting here with my main man, Casanova, Rock Nation in the house, but nope, Dream Nation. <laughs> uh, you should get, I know you got that swag stuff on your, you know, people purchasing uh, merchandise and whatnot off your websites, but you need one that says Dream Nation and whatever, Rock or whatever you do, maybe a dollar sign or something like that. But I'm excited to have you on, my man. What's up? Man, I'm excited to be here. It's a beautiful day here in, in Omaha, Nebraska, where I'm coming here from. So I know that you're out there in the UK, but I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be a great conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's man. It, every conversation we have is fire, even the ones that we don't have and we're thinking about it. So it's <laughs> like we get on. A, it's funny that, you know, we in a very short amount of time, you know, every conversation we've had or every encounter was just like we go from zero to 100 fast, real quick real quick. And it, that's what it's all about being around like-minded people that are ones that are on that, you know, one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, and are on that same path and that journey. I right. find it, I don't need to do the small talk. I elevate small talk to like, like some serious have conversations about entrepreneurship or whatever we're doing and motivating people indirectly, directly mindset. That's what it's all about, man. It's just making an impact in whomever you're trying to make an impact with, or could be a company corporation. I mean, could be a kid that you just put a smile on their face and gave them, you know, gave gave them something else to look at. I'm like, all right, man, cool, man, just have a good time. And like, oh, I don't know what the hell's going on. I got a sucker. I'm like, this guy's great. But that's what it's all about because everything right. comes from within, you know. Right. Everything comes from within. But I know it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of get on these shows sometimes. And I never really have a game plan. I have some things written down, of course, of some of the things you've accomplished over the years, which is 
mind blowing when it comes to you looking at real estate and what you're building now and the impact that you're making. But just kind of give the listeners a little bit more context if I don't do it on a the intro and we do intros and stuff like that later on to make sure that show notes and everyone knows how to find you so that we don't waste time on that. But just kind of give the listeners a little bit more context of what you're about and what how do you kind of describe yourself to people that maybe don't know who you are, which is kind of hard these days. Yeah, definitely. So I would like to think that at the core, I'm a relationship builder, right? Okay. And, and so what does that mean? I mean, if you look at the success that I've been able to build over these last six years, but even over the course of my life, for me, why people really resonate with me is because they understand that I'm just like them. Yeah. I'm no stranger to adversity. And that's a big deal right now, because just like you said, relevant of where we are in the world today, right? There's a lot of people that are experiencing uncertainty and adversity, right? They just don't know what their next move looks like. And so for me, growing up South side of Chicago, raised by a single mom, my grandma kind of stepped in to be that father figure in my life because my dad was never around. And so for me, I grew up by two women that really raised me and they always gave me that, that heart, that soul. And so mm. for a lot of people right now, they're feeling like, and, and there's so many points to this, but for a lot of people right now, they're feeling like maybe they don't have that cheerleader in their life. But if you look to the people who raised you, or if you look mm -hmm. to the people that just like you said, are right alongside of you, um, that's that's fueling you every single day. That's how you can get that champion uh, up out of you. So for me, again, raised by single mom, at eight years old, I kind of experienced my first storm. And so what does that mean? I went through uh, losing my two best friends in a swimming accident, a swimming accident that I was supposed to be right there at. They came over one morning. They said, hey, you know what? We're about to go to the beach. For whatever reason, I just decided I'm going to sit this one out. Well, mm. come to find out a couple hours later, they both wound up drowning off of the pier. Why I wasn't right there with them, there's no rhyme or reason. It was just my creator, God, had a bigger purpose for my life. And so I'm super blessed to still be here. Around the age of 11 or 12, like I'm really starting to see drugs, gangs, violence in Chicago right. every single day. It's not what I'm doing, but you could kind of see the writings on the wall because when I walk outside, there's a lot of things that's going on that now I'm starting to understand. So my grandma also saw that and she's like, yo, we got to get him up out of here. So at uh, 11 years old, my grandma makes the decision that she wants to move me to Sioux City, Iowa. My mom came along as well because I'm her only child, uh, mm -hmm. but she wants to move me to Sioux City. And so I moved there. Obviously, huge culture change for me. Going right. from big city to Chicago. Shock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going from big city Chicago to now all of a sudden a town of 80,000 people. I got cornfields and I see almost nobody <laughs> who looks like me. So I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do here? Right. But it forced me. The silver lining that I got out of that was because I was moved at so young. It really blessed me that I didn't have an ignorant mindset. So what do I mean by that? I didn't have that mindset that maybe I would have had when if I was 18 or 19, the first time being exposed to a new environment that would have said, just because you don't look like me doesn't mean you have to be against me and there's no way you can actually be with me. Wow. Right. So yeah. I was like, man, that Powerful. was the first time. Yeah. So I, I wound up building relationships from early on, you know, and, and these, all these things helped me to get to where I am today. But anyway, then I go through my second big storm. I'm 15 years old. I'm in my sophomore year of high school. Um, and I just find myself having a hard time breathing, walking through the hallways uh, in school. Now I'm telling my buddies like, yo, I can't really breathe. And they're like, ah, it's probably because you left football early. We just started basketball and you're probably just out of shape. We're now conditioning. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, you're right. Well, my 
mom as I'm going home. I'm taking naps. And my mom's like, yo, what's up with you? Like, this is not like you. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just real tired. And she's like, okay, well, if it persists, like we're going to go to the, you know, the doctor. So I'm like, okay, well, it did persist over the next couple of days. And keep in mind, I was never, ever sick as a child. I make the joke now, but it's serious. I never had um, chicken pox, measles, coronavirus. I never had anything. Like I was good. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I find myself not being able to breathe and it comes out that I have uh, stage four lymphoma cancer. Mm -hmm. So I was two weeks away from death. I wound up immediately having to get a port put in my chest, connected it to my jugular vein. And for the next two years, I experienced just about anything that anyone else does when it comes to the C word. And right. so I was like, man, so I'm going through it. But again, I'm being led by my mom and grandma. And so this is the other thing is like, I didn't know my mom, they never degree ownership, you know, of uh, entrepreneurship, none of those ships. Right. So for me, I didn't know how they were paying. I didn't know any of those things, but here's what I did know is that every single day they lived that never let them see you sweat mentality. Yeah. And people, at, yeah. And people ask me like, how did I get through it? It was all I knew because when I was looking at my mom and grandma, they were leading by faith they were leading by example to me. So I'm like, okay. And on top of that, this is why I love women, right? Is because for me, I mean, even my wife, my wife is just as strong and I've just been very fortunate right. to always- You attracted that. You attracted that with the energy that you're possessing and you put out. Facts. And and so I'm, I'm very blessed when I talk about mm -hmm. women. And that's why, you know, I never put my hands on women or anything because I believe that they're so powerful. Now, for me, I'm just as competitive. And I think that that's where uh, you and I had that synergy. Like I always mm -hmm. I want to win not by losing my integrity or anything right. like that. 100 percent, man. But but I, I'm competitive. Right. It's like Jordan. Like I, I want to be a great. Well, here's the thing that I love about women, especially my wife. My wife has that same competitive nature, but then she also can be so selfless as all women and mothers can. Mm -hmm. Like if my son missed the game winning shot, she's right there on. I'm like, why weren't you playing defense? All those things. But if mm -hmm. he starts crying and this scenario hasn't happened, but I'm a thousand percent sure one day it probably will where he misses a shot. Well, who's going to be that person that goes and lays in bed with him at night? Right. right. Not to, not that they wasn't on him at that time. Why didn't you give a little bit more? But at nighttime, who's going to be that, that consoler. And so not to say that men can't, but women have it naturally. Different. It's different, man. It's so different. different. They, and that's why I think this is the, this is the decade for women entrepreneurship because of the, the people that have more higher emotional intelligence. And they, not, when I say emotional intelligence, people think, oh, you're in tune with your emotions. No, that means you're in tune with everyone else's emotions and what they're, they're suppressing and holding back and sometimes projecting out and putting on masks. They're able to sniff out the bullshit and understanding what they're really not saying and what they mean and their true intentions. That's, a, that's what women do effortlessly effortlessly. I love it, man. And, and just putting that ego aside, right? Yeah. Men have such a hard time with that and myself included, because again, we, we have this perception in our mind, what it means to be masculine, what it means to, you know, you can't managing ego. You need to have it. I know when to turn it on and turn it off, right. but you need to, you, once you learn how to manage that sucker, cause the ego is just someone there as a caveman with just a bat going, I don't know what the hell he's dumb as shit. You got to keep him busy. You know, like keep them busy. Like it's kind of like kids right. like growing up. It's like I was like one of those kids where I was into everything. So my mom had to give me something to do. Right. Like you can't yeah. leave me alone, man. Once I get bored, I'm gonna get in trouble. Like, I'm gonna do something. That's, <laughs> that's the right. So that's the man. ego. Yeah. I, absolutely. Just like you said, you got to know when to turn it on and turn it off. And I think women, they possess that skill that where they can do it at a higher level and it yeah. just doesn't take as much. Now, this is obviously 
more blanket statements so it don't get too technical. But those are the things that I think that allowed me. So again, then I go through through cancer. I'm trying to find my way through everything. So I went right. through three years of college. I wound up dropping out of college. Now, for me, my grades was fine, everything. But there's a couple of different things that happened of why I dropped out of college. The number one reason was I really got it in my heart, my soul, that just because I had a degree did not mean I was going to be successful in life. Mm. Right. Well, so that was, was that, when did you come to that realization? What was, um, what was the chain of events? Yeah. So I'll be honest. I graduated at 17. Now keep in mind, 15, I get diagnosed with cancer. 17, yeah. I'm in remission. I graduated at 17. Nobody in my family ever went or graduated from college or anything like that. We're talking community colleges, if they ever even went and probably for a semester and then they're back home. So for me, I was first generation. So with yeah. being first generation, I'm like, man, there was a lot, a lot of, pressure of pressure on me. A lot of pressure. Right. Uh, I wanted to I yeah, wanted to make my mom and grandma proud. I was like, man, but as I, as I'm going to college, I'm noticing I'm really only here for the relationships. I'm here mm -hmm. for the people, for the parties and everything. And my grades were fine. But at this time as well, I was really just trying to try my hand at so many things because keep in mind, since I didn't grow up with a father or anybody that's a big brother, I was the only child on my mom's side. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was always, I had the, the freedom and the flexibility to expose myself to whatever I wanted to, which is what mm -hmm. kind of kept me driving. So I was trying so many things. I always tell people, I probably throughout my lifetime, I've sold everything besides crack or Coke. I'm just being <laughs> like, I've sold it. Kirby vacuums. That's why we, that's why we get along so well. Like anything, anything is not nailed down. I'll sell it. Right. <laughs> that's that's important, exactly. right? But it's anything I'll sell it. I mean, I sell it, man. Yeah. And, and I was just trying to find my way. I always knew that I was a young kid with big dreams, right? Mm -hmm. I had big dreams. And, and my favorite show growing up was VH1's The Fabulous Life Of. For anybody who's ever saw I, I remember, it, they yeah, it was like their version of MTV Cribs, but they would mm -hmm. show like Richard Branson and they show his island and his yachts. And I'm like, man, how did I get that? Right. Well, I looked and it was like, yo, I just really started to get that notion that like, I get this degree. What am I even going to do with it? Right. Mm -hmm. I graduated at 17. I went into college at 17. University of Iowa. So a big four year university. Right. Big and, college. Yeah. yeah. Big college. And so I'm like, man, I'm, I'm loving it. Well, I'm still so young and I wasn't even ready for it. It was just like we said, that pressure and everybody can, can attest to this because second semester of your senior year in high school and even sometimes even earlier, the question starts to come about. Well, Casanova, mm -hmm. what are you going to do when you graduate? And my mm -hmm. grades are fine. You know, on top of that, I'm just coming out of looking like I'm a victim, right? Because right. I'm diagnosed with cancer for the past two years. So everybody, oh, are you, are you tired? Are you sick? Are you this? Are you that? So now I'm trying to have that again, never let them see you sweat mentality. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, nah, I'm good. Right. Even if I'm tired and I know that I got chemotherapy at four o'clock this at this afternoon when people are like, yo, you're going to come to the party or you're going to come over so and so's house. That's where and as now it makes more sense and why you have such a high emotional intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You have a high emotional intelligence to gauge and understanding and letting them know like I'm good. So you have to really use your senses, not non-verbally of picking out when you knowing your, you know, your grandma, you call still call him big mama. And I know you're from the from Chi-Town, right? So you call him Big Mama? No, no? I always uh, yeah, so I always call my grandma Graham, which I still Graham? do. Yeah, I, I call my mama's granny, which I had grandma on and granny. So my granny was just like you, like very, very strong. And I think anyone like in that that's like, especially that type of generation, they don't care, man. They'll cut you. That's your babies, you know, they'll, they'll cut you. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's a furniture moving in this place. I'm telling you right now. But that's yeah. that's why I look at my life and I look at my family. 
they when they see me on stage and they see me doing well and they they don't see they don't they shouldn't see me they should see them right it's a Bad. shared legacy it's a Bad. shared legacy i love and it you making that shift bro in understanding and i love that you mentioned it you know there's they're all about relationship building and that's entrepreneurship we just had a like i wouldn't say brief but we had a conversation went from 0 to 100 real quick and we we're talking about all the things that were doing together and the things that you know potentially we could do together there's opportunities there's there's opportunities everywhere you wrote actually you posted something and i wanted to bring this up just real quick just to kind of reference this you mentioned poor it's like passing over opportunities um what is it repeatedly, repeatedly. yeah i love that because it's true you have to be able to understand that there's an opportunity in every situation right Oh, absolutely. And when we talk about poor, we're talking about in the mindset. Yes, right? We're not talking yep. about in, in, in money, because if you don't have any money, that just means you're broke. Right. And yeah. broke is just that's temporary. Broke and poor completely different. Yeah, <laughs> completely different. So when you're talking mm -hmm. about the long term game of building legacy, just like you said, shared legacy, that's about poor. It's what's the mindset? What am I passing down? Is it is it just assets or am I really passing down a foundational way of thinking yes. that's going to be able to get my family to stay ahead because I'm going to do all the work for a lot of us? It's like a think about it as in like a four by four race. Right. And so a lot of the times who you're going to get the fastest out of the gate first, right? Yeah. So that's who gets out of the gate. They're running. Well, if they don't have a baton, a baton to be able to hand off, now that's when you're in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. So they got to make a decision. And for a lot of us, we might be the fastest. We go, you know, we're, we're not afraid to take mm -hmm. a little bit of risk. We understand that. Listen, if it didn't, there's a saying that came about, and this was six to eight months ago that I first saw, it was circling the internet. And it said, if I didn't come from a wealthy family, then a wealthy family must come from me. Yeah, that's right? your responsibility. That's your choice. It's your choice. But you got to also understand that when you caught the, when you got it, like if you're the first one out of the gate, somebody might not have given you a baton to start out with, right? Because it was, I'm, it I'm was gonna take on it. your I'm gonna ask for. I'm going to ask for forgiveness, man. I'm going to take it from somebody. You're going to take it from somebody. So, But you got to make a decision on this because when you first getting into the blocks, let's think about this. You're getting into the blocks. You do got people that say, hey, let's go. Let's go. You can do this. But then at the end of the day, you might have just got so into your feelings that you forgot to grab the baton. Yeah. So you jumped True. out That's of the block point. and you get to run. I need a button. I need a button on this damn podcast. <laughs> like I need a button. That's a good, really valuable point for people to understand. Because you're not looking at all your surroundings. You're just getting, you're only focusing on things that you can visualize at that moment with your own mindset. Your mind's unapproachable to understand. I need a freaking a baton because I need to get around this corner and pass something. Oh, you don't understand. You thought you were just in a race, but you didn't need all the things that you needed. And you're like, well, my mind's unapproachable to even understand why I needed that. Facts. And you're, and there's you're, no, and there's no like, there's no owner's manual to success, bro. Right. And, and, and especially if you were first time generation, like you're, yes. you're not. And for a lot of us, again, we're only focused on ourselves. We're focused on the crowd. How am I going to look? Mm -hmm. Well, you don't think past you. So you get to running. And then before you know it, you're like, Shh, I don't got a baton. I left the baton. So then you got to make a choice, right? Mm -hmm. I can either keep running. But then when I get to the end of this, my teammate, my son, right? My daughter, my niece, my nephew, whoever's coming behind me, they're going to be having their hand out and they're saying, hand me the baton. But if you don't have it, you're like, I can't do it. So now you got to make a decision. Are you going to hop out of line? Are you going to get this baton? And then you're going to try to catch back up 
right? Or are you just going to say, I'm sorry, because then what's going to happen is they have to make that decision. Mm -hmm. At some point, you can't finish the race without a baton. Right. So somebody's got to hop out. It's better to do it early. So you hop out. So now that second leg, that third leg, that fourth leg, they have the opportunity to Man, you're back speaking, up. You're speaking so much. I mean, you're speaking the same thing that, you know, where I was in a training the other day and I told people that some, some people in life and they start blazing through levels of success and every level is a different version and all different types of devils and all the things that distract you and keep you away. And right when people go to get to the next level, that's when all the outside pressure comes in to see if you're really ready for it. It's a test. Mm -hmm. And just like when I was, I'm prior Navy. And when I was in the military, it was one of the coolest things I ever done was I was on an aircraft carrier and they were doing a lot of like work ops and with fighter jets. And the, one of the pilots told me, you're breaking through sound barriers and shit. I got on. I was like, man, I was like, what is it like to break through a sound barrier? And it was like, well, everything feels like it's going to blow up. And that's when you're going to get the most outside pressure is when you're about to break through. Mm. I always remember that. And I, I said something that I always talk about when I'm, you're getting through levels. Well, people, when they get to a certain level, they're attracting people, relationships, businesses, whatever, on that level. And they get stuck on that level without feeding them the stuff to move on to the next one and helping them get to the next level. I see this a lot in relationships, right? They get to this level and in order to get, order to get to this level, they're going to have to leave things behind. It's not about leaving people. You got to coach them and get them ready to move along with you. And what can they do? They, everyone has a, a goal and everyone has a mission, right? So right. it's like one heartbeat, one mission went out. Everyone's going to win. Everyone's going to eat. Everyone's going to win. But to get through these levels, but if you can't communicate that and you're struggling in the relationship and whatever needs are met, right? Basic human needs and going into those and love and connection and feeling like they're needed and appreciated and yada, yada, yada. You might have to leave them behind. You're going to have to blaze through all these levels. Doesn't mean you stop communicating. You can blaze through all these levels. Now you're equipped and now your mind's impressionable. Now you're able to serve and get them to that level. People go from, I want to become a millionaire. I want to become a billionaire. I want to become whatever. That's they're on this level and they're trying to get here and they're going here. And that's right. where you're getting tripped. You got to go through all these little small levels, man. It's so true. And, right. and again, just understanding that different people are in your life, right? There's different reasons in different seasons, Boom. You, you know, where, where you're going to have people. And so everybody can't come along with you on this journey. Right. But what you have to do is understand that at the end of the day, there is for a lot of us, right. There's somebody that will come after you. Because we're already talking about the people that are on side of us, right? So we're trying to pull them with us. And while it would be great to have them to come, understand that no matter what, at the end of the day, if you have kids, if you have a younger brother and sister, if you have anybody that you want to pass things down to, you can't be worried about what's alongside of you because it's really about what's behind you. What's on that? What's the what's the name on the back of the jersey? Right. Right. So that's a big deal for me. And so that that kind of played into that why I left college. And because I was one, I was trying to be exposed to so many things. And there was a lot of things that was giving me life. And the thing that was sucking away life for me was always feeling like I had the pressure of I had to be in college. I had to be in class that day. And it was like, nah, these things aren't giving me life. And and again, keep in mind, I'm just coming out of just almost really losing my life. Not a car. Right. You're like, looking at life in a different, different way, though. Right. You know what I mean? You're appreciating life, right? You're looking at it as a gift rather than looking at something that 17 year old kids looking at. 
Right. And that was exactly what it was. And so for me, I wound up calling on my mom and grandma saying, hey, you know what? This isn't what I want to do right now at this time in my life. And so I remember my mom saying, well, uh, and keep in mind, I'm two months into my junior year at Iowa. And so I'm like, and so my mom's like, that's a, that's you know, a hard sell right there. Hard that's a hard sell. Right. Yeah. I'm already past the halfway stage. Great. Yeah. fine. They had just rented a van. We had just rented a van and they dropped me off at school. So first thing is my mom's like, first off, you could have told us this, but you already knew this thing <laughs> just pop up last week. Right, you yeah. knew you wasn't trying to go back. That's the number one rule of my family is like, why are you waiting to now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble, not because I'm saying whatever and whatever the situation. I'm going to get in trouble just because I didn't mention it earlier. Right. Like, like I'll the last minute to tell me. I could have made these proper adjustments. <laughs> Yo, I just did that this morning with CJ. Like all this gas money, like I just spent, you know, to, to get you here. Like that was exactly that would pay me back with interest. <laughs> right. I can hear my I can hear my dad saying that to me, you know. Um, that's Man. funny. Go ahead, please. It's so funny. Okay. I just did this this morning with CJ. Like he waited um and he needs me to sign his agenda or whatever. But when he comes home in the afternoon, he ain't worried about that. He worried about the Xbox. Outside. Yeah, yeah. Food, going outside, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden. And when it's time to go in the morning, he rushing me, got the agenda all in my face. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Like, ne next time it's a no. Because you all yesterday, you could have told me. But anyway, so back to it. Um, That was a big thing. Well, my mom was like, yo, you, well, you got to tell your grandma. And so I remember it was just like, like my 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 soul was like, I did not want to have to tell my grandma mm. that like, yo, I'm, I'm about to leave college. And, uh, and so anyway, it was a tough conversation, but my grandma, she always did. She always supported me. And, uh, and so I told her and she's like, all right, well, you come home. Well, anyway, at this time, my buddy and I, we were, he was at Iowa too. And, and he was a sophomore and I'm a junior and we were deep into music at this time, listening to Kanye. We went and got an A track. We we're recording it, all this other stuff, right. That we don't necessarily got to get into but anyway, so we wound up both we'll have to do this on camera, do it off site. I have to, I have to, I have my mind went nuts for a second of what you were actually doing. Go ahead, please. Yeah. Love oh it. yeah. I mean, it was crazy. All of my buddies, they never believed that like when I'd be like, yo, I, I used to rap and people be like, yo, you would like it. The conversation goes <laughs> crazy of how people be like, yo, you wasn't a rap. And then when you hear the tracks, people then all of a sudden it's like, yo, you got to play the music for him. You'll never mm. believe Cass was rapping. And I was like, yeah, man, it was just something that was a phase and I was pretty good at it, whatnot. But anyway, so we wound up uh, leaving college. We withdrew from all of our classes in the first two months. Well, keep in mind, I had just gotten student loans, right? Mm -hmm. So we took all of our student loan money. We hopped on a Greyhound, my buddy and I, and I had a cousin who was up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who was pretty big, like underground rapper. So he had did things with all the mainstream people. And in Milwaukee, he was big time. So I wound up reaching out to him and he's like, yo, if you could find a way to get here to Milwaukee, I'll put you in a professional studio because the mm -hmm. stuff you guys are saying is great, but you could tell you recorded this in a closet. And then we're just putting it up on MySpace at the time. This is yeah. free, like everything else. Because keep in mind, I love MySpace. MySpace taught me how to code, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, my so, page was uh, fire. I'm showing my age right now. My page was fire, man. Right, go ahead. It was, oh, man. It was so we had our tracks on there. I think actually the website is still live where you can go listen to it. But um, anyway, so yeah, we did that. I dropped out of school and uh, and then I just came back home, man. And, and it's funny because then we went and we started a t shirt brand. And at this time, Ludacris was really big. So then we, I was focused on selling t shirts and hats out of the car because I learned that he did it. And so just try my hand yeah. at all these different things of how I was going to make it. And you see the method though, right? Do you see the method? It's all about exposure. 
all about exposure. I was I, I was coming alive. I was exposing myself to so many different avenues. And mm. again, you could look back on all those. And in some people's eyes, you can consider them failures. But it was never a failure. And it, I wouldn't even say it was lessons. It was just parts of life that I had to experience to get to where I am 100%. today. 100%. Right? Like it was, it was, I didn't lose a hundred thousand dollars on doing those things, but it was funny because at this time and just using what, you, where you are, with well, what you have right now is enough. So I had a buddy who was military as well. And, and he was a Marine and he was stationed in Nepal, India. We both graduated. He's about a year and he's still my best friend now. Now he lives in Colorado, but anyway, he was in Nepal, India. And so as I get the idea about these shirts and whatnot, somehow I'm Googling it on the internet and I come across AliExpress, like Alibaba, Ali. Express. And so I'm, then I'm wind up talking to him and I'm like, hey, you're over in India where it looks like a lot of these companies are. He's like, oh, yeah, man. Every day when I go to the to the um the base, you know, they, there's I walk past like four or five of these shops where they're making high quality stuff. I'm like, well, what do you think about if mm -hmm. like, can you get me in touch? He was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So he winds up facilitating the whole deal and he allows me to borrow the money from him and he gets me a shirt. So I remember getting this duffel bag like a month later, probably like a hundred. <laughs> t-shirts right. with this it, stuff on there and so yeah man that was another chance that i just i tried it and that didn't really work but it was that's it was a hustler's work. mentality you know what i mean like it, it doesn't matter like whatever i'm doing and whatever i'm done we it's just so funny that we had this conversation like briefly it's like we need to ends in why man if you're i'm moving bro right I, if i'm not if it's not if i'm not producing revenue or if i'm i'm doing whatever i need to do to make that shit happen i'm right. not there's no lose there's learning but there's no losing there's no I'm moving. I got to move. Just, gotta I look for any other fun. way to make money. Yeah, but that's the fun part, man. Building it in the process is the fun part for me, bro. Like all the like, oh, you're making money. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's the byproduct. Right. <laughs> like the fun part is actually in the, in the process of taking something from my mind and my thoughts and then manifesting that into what I actually visualized. Facts and it and you know um this is something I learned from a, a good brother but he was like yo if you think about it in life we're all experimenting well if yeah. you look at a science project and your experiment whether it's uh dating right you say well I'm experimenting dating right now if any experiment in the beginning of the experiment will you absolutely know the outcome mm -hmm. you will not there's no one that's why it's an experiment. Right. Right. So you don't know the outcome. You can you can hope you have a hypothesis. You have a, yeah. you know, a, here's what I think it's going to be. But you don't know. But that becomes the fun part. And when, if it blows up. Right. Think about it when you're a kid and it blows up. You're like, oh, oh <laughs> that was a bad that escalated quickly. You know, so but you got the <laughs> you have to know your risk management. You have to know the measures of what you're trying to, you know, reassess and then break down and link in the proper adjustments like, oh, I know what I did there. You got to be so freaking in, like, so in sync mm -hmm. on the missing. Like, okay, once I make this move, then these are the chain of events that could happen. Mm -hmm. And that's what I taught when I entrepreneurship. If it doesn't get me to the outcome, I'm not making that move. Right. Reverse engineering. That is yeah. so, it's right. so, powerful, I, build, right? I build everything backwards. Everything. Right. Start with the end in mind. I tell people that all the time. And then you can reverse engineer it. Everything was reverse engineered, right? And so, yeah, that was that was kind of that next storm. That was that next storm for me, right? I left college and then I'm trying my hand at so many different things. And then the last storm um, was just six and a half years ago. And I just moved down here to Omaha, which is, again, where we are now. And uh, long story short, I was working at a corporate job and I really started, I got another kind of epiphany or notion through trials that I was going through. So I was crushing 
crushing it at this job. I finished and within the first nine months, I finished as number eight in the entire company. So I made more money than I ever did. This is inside sales. And uh, and then so management positions I'm seeing are coming available. Right. And I'm like, man, I want to try my hand at this. And then they're like, oh, casting over, you know, you trick, man. That's a trick. Those those management positions that's there is a trick and it's an illusion for control. Right. And and I, I wanted I wanted to try my hand at it because again it was gonna be new exposure, new challenges. Yep. Let's see, can I be good at this? Because I'm already crushing it, getting all these awards and accolades and bonuses here. But I'm like, I want to try my hand. I want to have a team, see if I can build them up. And they're like, ah, Casanova, you know, like you haven't been here long enough. That yeah, I used to hear the same before. shit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. In the mm -hmm. corporate world, feels like everybody could tell you no but nobody can tell you yes. Cause they're like, Oh, it's, it's not my call. Just keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, who makes the call in? I want to talk mm -hmm. to that person. Because well, don't dangle and carry it in front of my face. I don't even want that. And then when you get it exactly. and when you do achieve it, like I got made regional and I was like, I don't even want this shit. Like, <laughs> and once I was exposed to like the people that they investors, the silent partners, and I was making them millions of dollars. Right. I was like, I don't even want this ball game. I want to do what you do. Right. Facts and and so they they, they again is exposure. It's all it is exposure. Is right? it hundred percent what it was? And it was trusting your gut and intuition, right? Yeah. So for me, I knew that I was I was built for bigger. I, I wanted bigger, and it, it was at that time where it felt like they were going to try to. Um, I, I was going to hit a ceiling. I was going to plateau, right? Mm -hmm. And that wasn't what I wanted. I knew that I wanted more. I wanted bigger. I wanted to keep trying my hand at different things. So I wound up coming across YouTube University, right? And and this is how <laughs> I find my way into real estate mm -hmm. because uh, I find a video and a, and a guy says, you got to find a way to be the Lord of your land mm -hmm. because he or she who makes who the, or, What's up? Who said that? Uh, it was Jay Morrison. He's out of Atlanta, Georgia. So I like that. I, I never heard it. I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. He said, you got, you know, we think about landlords and investing and all these yeah. things. And he said, you got to find a way to be the Lord of your land because he or she who owns the land makes the rules. Mm -hmm. And for me growing up, like my favorite game was always Monopoly, right? You land on my property, you got to pay me. So I'm like, <laughs> man, I, I, well, I would love to do oh, that. Man. Yep. How how exactly do I be the Lord of my land? Because keep in mind, my mom, my grandma, nobody in my family ever owned house car business. So I don't I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And then I looked deeper into his story and I seen that he started out as a realtor and then he built to became an investor and then a, a, a developer and all these other things. And so not I'm just the levels you go through, you're learning valuable things that you're going to need to know in, in a moment's notice when you're put in a situation, when you are the owner, or when you are the real estate investor, mm -hmm. you know exactly Absolutely. what's happening because you put it in the reps, but go ahead, please. I love this. Yeah. So uh, again, it was starting with where I was with what I had. So for me, I was like, man, well, I know nothing about owning real estate, but here's what I do know. I know that I can build relationships with people. I can mm -hmm. serve them. I can help them buy, sell, and invest in the real estate. And then from there, I'll take my commissions and then I'll buy my own real estate. And uh, that's how I'll become the Lord of my land. So that was the path that I started on. So within the next couple of weeks, um, I, I jump into real estate classes, just jump all in. Within three months, I get my license. And then, um, so now I'm transitioning a couple of different things. One, I got this license, so I need to get out of inside sales so I can get into outside sales so I can now start to build this real estate career because I can't do it in a cubicle eight to five. Mm -hmm. And so um, I get a new job, outside sales, Fortune 500 company, things are going well. Um, and then we also, my wife and I put our first house under contract that we're going to live in. And uh, so then after I, I start this new company, I'm within the first 30 days, put this house under contract. My mom and grandma call me up. 
and they say, hey, you know what? We want to move down to Omaha to be closer to you, Julie and CJ. There's nothing, there's nothing left here um, in Sioux City for us. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we move them down here in a couple of weeks. And then uh, within 24 hours, my mom winds up going to the hospital here in Omaha. Within one mm, week's time, wow. I lose my mom yeah. at that hospital. She had just turned 50. She looked good, man. You would have never been able to tell, but she was battling cancer as well. So I lose my mom at that hospital. And uh, subsequently, just to kind of wrap up this portion of the story, subsequently, um, because I lost my mom, I also wound up losing my job because they wanted me to go back out to Rochester, New York to do this training. Because since I was in my first 30 days, I didn't even have a territory. So they weren't going to allow me to go out there and be front facing with clients if I didn't go through this training. So after I get done I'm uh, handling the funeral arrangements and everything else. My manager comes back. She says, Casanova, we need you to go back out. And uh, and I'm like, with all due respect, like I can't. My grandma, yeah. my wife, my mm-hmm. son, they need me here. Like it's it's tense right now with my family. And she's like, I get it, but this is corporate, and you don't you haven't you don't even right. have a territory. There's nothing we can do. I gotta let you go. And I'm like, listen. I got this real estate license. I'm about to close on my first house in three weeks. If, if then I'll be able to move my grandma in here because she's living in an apartment that her and my mom just got here. And so I'm like, just give me three weeks and I'll be out of your hair. And so luckily she was like, yo, I got you. I'll hold you down. And wow. so I'm super oh, grateful. Man. That's so nice. Yeah, man. She allowed me to put in a three week notice where the company was basically just paying me for nothing because I didn't even have a territory. And so I'm like, Angel, right, cool. angels come disguised, man. You know? Yeah. It was crazy. So for me, I was like, all right, cool. So we do this. And um, then I'm supposed to close on the house on this Friday. This prior to that 48 hours before uh, underwriters come back and they say, hey, you know what? We want more information on his student loans that are in deferment from the university. (laughs) I can't run away from it, brother. Yes. Big circle back. Yeah. You can't run away from it. Right. They say, they're going to get you. Yeah. It's all good. So I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? So I, um, uh, anyway, by the time they got the information, it was that following Monday. Right. So I'm like, okay. Um, uh, well, anyway, long story short, they go to re-verify employment cause this is post 2008. So you know that now the banks are all strict now cause we had this crisis. So they go to re-verify employment and the company says, ah, as of last Friday, Casanova no longer works here. So I'm like, oh man. So obviously we know what happens. All within a matter of two and a half weeks, I lose my mom, my job, and my home because they're not gonna they're not gonna uh, give me a loan, knowing that I no longer have a job. So I, I'm just I'm asked out. Well, what am I gonna do? Well, I was gonna go back and get a W two job, and my mom's or my wife's like, nah, you got this real estate license. You've done nothing with it. You're either gonna jump all in, and you're gonna make some shake, or you're gonna always be wondering what if. Man, there's no toe in the water right now. You gotta move. You've been you gotta make move, flush. man. And on top yeah, of that, my wife supporting me not only emotionally, but she supported me financially because I've always and been your a breadwinner. And your son, right, right, and my son. And so I'm like, shit. Well, what am I going to do now? And uh, long story short, man, I, I I jump all in within that next nine months. I do 46 deals, eight million dollars in volume, and I get the rookie of the year here in in, in Nebraska. And that's kind of where my journey started to take off from. And so since then, now we own multiple businesses, and obviously I have the mm, podcast. Yeah, and right. Blowing it up. I love your stuff, by the way. I mean, just especially, and thank you so much for sharing a little bit more in depth of your story. I know I've read a bunch of things and, you know, obviously before I came on your show, Dream Nation, I was just, because I like, I like to know who the hell I'm talking to, you know, right. a little bit of the story and context behind it. Then I, once we got on the phone and once we had a conversation, we went, boom, I was like, yep, we know, I know how we're here. But right. Because they're from the same cloth. Right. Completely. And 
I'm you. You don't have to put me on my back against the wall to get me to move. Right. That that, that comes from here. Right. Facts. Facts. And, that, and that's an exposed being exposed to. And maybe it came from sports, but I've been and I talk about this, and I did it in training as well. And maybe it just comes out of it, oozes out of me. I am so blessed that I come from a family that I did. And so blessed for all the adversity that I have, because that's, that's all rocket fuel now. Because I don't know, I don't know what it's going to be like not to fight. Right. I don't know what it's going to feel like not to fight anymore. But I think I'm going to fight into the last breath. Right. So and I'm going to keep, and I'm going to keep doing whatever I need to do to put myself in a position for then. You talking about passing that baton? Right. Do I have everything that I need to? Because you don't know when it's going to happen, bro. Like. Facts. It's you over. Life can be gone tomorrow. I mean, we've seen that in 2020, right? There's right. something 2020 vision, baby. Yeah. A lot of people were preparing for 2020 to be their best year ever, financially, spiritually, everything. And then all of a sudden, we got hit with a couple storms. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't bounce back from it, right? A minor setback is, is set up for a major come up. Right. But at the same time, I mean, you, you it's still you can't prepare for these things. So all you know is that you can only control your own energy. Obviously, you can control your own environment. and You can control how much you're exposed to. Right. Being uncomfortable, being comfortable and then and vice versa going back, because if you're uncomfortable being comfortable, there's a good chance you're going to be stuck in the status quo. Right. Facts. So you just got to keep I keep leaning into the hard choices and I'm going to make the hard choice every time. Because I know that either, and of course I go through risk assessment and all that good stuff. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to lose it all overnight. <laughs> right? right. I mean, I guess a lot of people counting on me. Just, I mean, you can have a massive growth, but there, and that's, that's I don't think it'll ever happen to us, not, you know, God willing, but people like us, we're, we'll come back from it even if we did. Right. Facts. No, we're going to keep coming back. But that's the whole thing about, get, you know, having that baton to pass over. If you don't have that baton to pass over or whatever that might be, or some skills or, or creating a different way of sharing a vision with your staff vision, or it could be just your family, could be your surroundings. I try to make an impact at any person I've ever come in contact with. Right. No, I love it, man. I got to make an impact. Gotcha. That's my power. That's my superpower, man. Cause I know how to tap into those other areas and the human brain that we can go on to, you know, forever about this. And I know we're going to run on to the next meetings and whatnot, but I just want to make sure that people are going to understand a little bit of your story to kind of give a little bit more understanding on, on how you got here. Yeah, no, man. And I love it. And, uh, I know that, you know, because of how much we've wrapped, uh, so far, it, our time went went a little bit longer. So I would love to be able to us to set up a part two. Uh, oh man, a yeah, phenomenal conversation fun. for sure. For sure, I I look forward. To, I mean, get used to this guy's name, ladies and gentlemen, because you can get put my name next to his, and and then vice versa. We're gonna run like two gonna run. Like I was telling uh, someone the other day, and I know you got we both gotta go. I was telling someone the other day, I was like, twenty twenty gave me a clear vision, man, <laughs> and that's a scary thing. For someone that was was built for this, right? Like I'm gonna it. break whatever before it breaks me. Fact. I just I, I just need to know what I'm working on because, like I've said before, my mom tells a beautiful story when I was when I learned how to walk in like walk when I was a kid. I didn't walk anymore. I ran and I was chasing my damn shadow. I had because I had nothing else to chase. Well, right. I got shit to chase right now. I love like, it. 2021. You better move, or I'm gonna <laughs> run over you. Right, get ready to get over. <laughs> That's right. But man, thank you so much for coming on. And yes, we'll definitely have to do a part two, maybe do a QA or bringing because there's, there's so much you're so open today 
on your on the show, and I and I appreciate that. And that comes as a complete reflection on our relationship and you feeling comfortable of sharing. And I, I and I'm blessed for that. And thank you, and I'm grateful. Thank you. Yes, and I'm thank you as well for anybody who yeah would love to stay connected. Right, um, I think I'm, I'm pretty accessible. I'm on all social media platforms, just casting over Brooks, and then uh, also the Dream Nation podcast, which I had you on. You dropped so many values and uh, so many bombs. So. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to stay connected with anyone who uh, wants to connect. Right, for sure. And I'm sure that, you know, we have a lot of listeners. We got Raven fans, man. And I'm just so blessed to have so many people that tune in for the show. They, they're, I'm almost like, I'm just to let everyone know, I'm almost at the point where I'm like, all right, I'll give you two a week. Because mm. I'm so far ahead of, you know, episodes and not just doing one a week. I'm, I'm on the tipping edge. I'm on that little tipping point. So for those who are listening to this, you're <laughs> in. Make sure if you want to get to a week or more than that in the Q and A's, make sure that you're submitting all the feedback you can to about this show, about you know the maybe the show, the obviously the Dream Nation when I was on their show. I'm like, I love to freaking give you know do giveaways, and I know that you do that with obviously your merch and, and whatnot in your companies. But it's just all about making an impact. But if I don't speak to you until after Christmas, man, you know, happy holidays, be well, be great, be you, just be, just go kill it, man. Let's go, let's go win. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to us connecting again. So many more gems. We could do a live or, or something, but I appreciate you, my brother. Thanks for having me on.